Lincoln. Good day today. Bill Michaels Show. We are on the air, and it's a Wednesday edition. Don't forget, coming up tonight, we got the Bill Michaels Huddle back at it. Uh, six to eight. We got a lot to get to. Packed show today. We uh, we are off to a flying start uh, just because waking up this morning, we uh, we get Lance Leipold, number 18 or number 19 or 17, depending on which poll you look at, ranked coach in the country. The uh, Kansas Jayhawks, 5-0 and on the season. Uh, now, I want to preface this. So those of you that uh, go nuts, uh, you, you you don't come at me. But um, I got a hold of Lance, and I said, hey, uh, I would love to get you on the show. And we, we kind of talked about a bunch of other stuff. And then he said, hey, I want to come on. He said, let me send you over to the PR department so they can schedule it in. And uh, he said, because I'd really love to do it. He said, what time do you want me to come on? So I told him, I said, 1130 Central Time uh, tomorrow. So, you know, let's do this. So I get the note from the PR department and from the athletic department. Um Love to have Coach on. Obviously, you guys have a longstanding relationship, and uh, yada, yada, yada. We're proud to be the uh, the 18th-ranked team in the country, and we are looking forward to this weekend against TCU, and on and on and on. And at the very end says, please do not talk about the Wisconsin opening. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, you got to dance, you know, and you, you, you do want to respect things, uh, you know, wishes. Uh, and and I, he is, you know, coming on. Obviously, they've got uh, Ben. Correct me if I'm wrong. They got College Game Day going down there this weekend, right? Yeah, undefeated TCU. Yeah, they uh, they've got College Game Day on site. A lot of attention being paid to this game. Kansas uh, football, they believe, is back. They love Leipold, um, and so they would like to stick to you know coaching and philosophies and the game this weekend and building the program and all that kind of stuff. So. As much as we would like to say, hey, would you like to be the next head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers? Should that position open up, which I don't think it's going to. I think it's Jim Leonard's. But we we don't want to go down that path. So we want to preface that right out of the shoot. We want to be, you know, in complete transparency. But uh, it's just good to get the coach back on. So we'll, we'll talk to Lance coming up a little bit later on today. So that that's fair, though, right, to be transparent like that, Ben, right? No doubt. Uh, I tweeted okay. it out. I got a couple people in my mentions uh, kind of going crazy that we're doing this and the timing of all of it. But, yeah, it's about him, the great job he's doing at Kansas, their team. Obviously, yeah, it's about, there's right. a level of professionalism it, that comes, you know, just ask about the Wisconsin job. Right. I, I, we're not. Why would people get mad? That's what I don't understand. Why would people get mad? I can't believe you're doing this, the timing of it. The timing of it is very particular, considering that uh, College Game Day is going to be there. He's from this area. He really, uh, you know, took, elevated, and kept the program of UW-Whitewater at a specific level. He went on to Buffalo and had success there. He's a success story coming out of Wisconsin. Why the hell would we not have him on? What, what what, What possible detriment is there to asking him about building a program and asking him about today's day and age and NIL and get his thoughts on all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, the pro- the fact that the program's back in Kansas. I, there's nothing wrong with that. That's sports-related. Has Too Kansas out- ever been there for them to be back, you know? Like, you try to bring Texas Boy, back because Texas has been there. But has Kansas ever been there before? Uh, that's a great question. 
That's a you know. Um. Did, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Mark Mangino have a short period of success there? Yes, 2007. They were quite good. And then didn't? Uh, oh God, he was the former. Um, he was the former Notre Dame coach. God, I can't think of his Charlie name Weiss. Of my head. Charlie Weiss. He went there as well. Now they didn't have the same success under Charlie Weiss, but Mark Mangino had the program for a short period of time, kind of humming. I agree with you. It's it hasn't been like a perennial power. That's that's completely uh, understood. But anyway, um, so we're going to talk with Coach Lance Leipold. But you know, to say they're back uh, or at least relevant. You know, is probably a better statement. So a lot of people picking TCU to whoop their ass this weekend, but we'll talk about that coming up. They've got uh, what? Who else do they have on the docket? They have Iowa State on the docket. Uh, obviously, they're going to play Oklahoma at some point. Um, so it's it's not a bad uh, it's it's not a bad uh, you know situation down there. Um. The uh, Pack fan says no, certainly not. Kansas has never been there. They've only been to 12 bowl games. Uh, they haven't won a conference title in 50 years. Yeah, but Mark Mangino had a limited amount of success. At least they got some notoriety is what I'm stating. To, to say that they're some kind of a powerhouse, no. no. Hey, they were. Yeah, White, I didn't think Weiss had success. Yeah, uh, Judge Smales Burner says uh, Weiss went 7-29 and 29 in three seasons. Yeah, he wasn't good. Charlie Weiss wasn't good there. They were 9-0 and 0 in 1908. <laughs> there you go. They have had success. 9-0 in 1908. Fantastic. Uh, so, that being said, we're going to uh, have that coming up here uh, at the bottom of the next hour. Uh, we got Mark Schofield going to be joining us, going to talk with him. Uh, we got, uh, as I mentioned, Lance Patrick uh, Leonard. Uh, is it Patrick Leonard or Leonard? Pat Leonard, I uh, believe. Pat Leonard? Okay, from uh, the New York Daily News. He's going to be joining us, too, coming up. Uh, in about uh, two and a half hours from now, we're going to talk with him about the Giants. And, uh, man, the Giants, they're banged up, man. They're a banged-up football team. So uh, Daniel Jones, who left Sunday's game with that ankle injury, is considered day-to-day. Uh, while tests continue, there's some optimism that he plays, which is good, but that means Saquon Barkley uh, can, uh, you know, be actually the running back and do his best. Now, one of the big cons- – here's here's uh, a discussion, and this is what leads me uh, – by the way, that was from Ian Rappaport. Uh, but this leads me into the discussion today. Aaron Rodgers, I found it rather interesting, and, and we haven't really gotten too deep into this because the day after a Packer game, we obviously talked a lot about Paul Chris. Yesterday, we talked about the Brewers being eliminated. So I want to get back to this Packers discussion. And one of the things that was stated – from Aaron Rodgers was the fact that he when asked about the sustainability of the way this team is going. Uh, I, I'd like to delve into a little bit deeper and I want to get your opinion on. Um, he, he said, yes, winning is sustainable, but you can't sustain wins like this. Now it, it's, it's, it's kind of a double edged sword and I get it. So you're probably scratching your head going, what the hell does he mean by that? Um, after going back, I, I, I had some time. Yesterday was a beautiful day. It was an off day. I didn't have anything going on. Um, I, I just took some time to relax. 
Okay, we leave tonight. We're going to be in Baroque. We got to the huddle tonight. Leave right after that. We'll get into Baroque tomorrow about midnight. So we're traveling again this weekend. Um, but I uh, I really thought about that, and I think what Aaron Rodgers is kind of going for. Correct me if I'm wrong, and give me your thoughts. I think they can run the football. I think they can win getting downfield the way they're getting downfield. I think he understands and he believes that he's going to play better, that things are going to continue to develop, okay? I don't think they can – when he talked about putting pressure on the defense, it was a very interesting comment because he said, you know, we what we need to do is get into a rhythm, meaning the offense, get into a rhythm – And then he talked about getting up a couple of scores, helping the defense, and making the opponent one-dimensional. Because the Packers' pass defense, albeit some holes, has overall, I mean, scoring defense-wise has been decent. Where they've struggled is stopping the run. And this was supposed to be a defense that was bolstered up front. They bring in Jerron Reed. Obviously, they've got a rotation of guys that have been decent at stuffing the run, but now you're really going to get tested this weekend. You're really going to get tested. Barkley is going to, is he's not your average cat, man. If you've watched him since coming back from injury, he has been really good. And, you know, granted, if you get Daniel Jones back, it makes things a little bit better in the run game for them. And even if they don't, they've got a myriad of, you know, whomever they happen to throw back there. I mean, hell, uh, you just, you know, you just had a really wicked weekend against a, a guy nobody would ever heard of. So I don't really care who they throw back there at quarterback. I'm not going to discount that anymore. But you're about to face a decent run game, and you're not good at stopping the run overall. I, I think many of you have brought this up about what is a Joe Barry defense. If you're going to play nickel all the time, and he does. I mean, he, that, it's all nickel all the time. You're pulling another body off the – you're basically saying, we don't care. We, we'll, we'll try to stop the run. We'll try to give up minimal yards. But we're all about not letting anything get past us downfield, which is why some of the under routes are so wide open. So wide open. Joe Barry, the I wonder if you had an aggressive coordinator – how good this defense would be, or how bad this defense would be. Is Joe Barry holding this defense back because there's holes in it? Or is Joe Barry so scared and ballless that he's petrified of allowing anything behind him, therefore he's just going to allow teams to dink and dunk and chunk their way down the field? Because you don't see, you don't see many blitzes. You don't see a lot of full on just you know three three four defense, four three defense. You don't see the scheme. You you see nickel all the time, all the time. Nickel and dime. That's what it is. Nickel and dime all the time. That nickel's your base defense. So you don't really need the big bodies up front because you're not using them anyway. All you're doing is rotating them in. And I wonder if Aaron Rodgers is looking at this going, they don't care about chunk plays. They, you know, If a team's going to run the ball against us, 
which we don't stop the run great anyway, if a team's going to run the ball, chew up yardage, keep it a one-score game, we can't win like this consistently. But if this offense can get up a couple of scores and force the opponent to be a passing team, that plays into the hands of our defense because we play so well nickel and, and, and dime that we then will have better success. And, and I wonder if that's what he was saying. I, I wonder if that was the direction he was going when he got into that discussion about we can't sustain wins this way. We can sustain winning playing offensively like this, but overall as a team, you know, it, it's it may not be sustainable. And, you know, I get it. It's a pass-happy league because that's what a lot of defensive coordinators are doing. But don't – what's the first thing you hear out of a defensive coordinator in today's day and age? Going into any game. Got to stop the run and make them one-dimensional, right? You got to stop the run. If they can't run the football against our front, then we're going to make them one-dimensional and they're going to throw the football and we're going to take chances. But even then, you don't have a defense that takes many chances. It's a lot of zone. It's a lot of too high. It's it's just, you know, it, I don't know. It just, uh, I went back and watched that game against Bailey Zappi. They have guys 20 yards downfield making sure nobody's getting behind them. And Bailey Zappi is tossing it into a seam where there's nobody within five yards of the receiver. I'm thinking, how can you do this? How can you, how can you cons- con- consistently win like this? And now, think about it this way. You're playing Bailey Zappi, Brian Hoyer, Right? These are the guys you're playing. Just say you get another above-average quarterback like Kirk Cousins, who also has a decent run game but can throw the football with wideouts. Are you going to beat that team? So it's just something to think about. When you you listen to Aaron Rodgers talk about sustainability and winning sustainability in the league today, I I think it's rather interesting. I think it's rather interesting that, you know, I mean, nickel is your base defense. I understand that for many. But how good at stopping the run is this team going to be by the end of the year? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And uh, don't forget, coming up tonight, we are going to be out and about again. We got the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up tonight. Looking forward to it, as always. Always am. And uh, going to be out there. I believe tonight, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe tonight we are going to be at uh, the Mecca yet again tonight and uh, looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. We are, uh, what is today, the 5th? Um, no, I take that back. We are going to be at... Uh, at uh, Rivals in Kenosha tonight. Rivals in Kenosha tonight. And then we're back at the Mecca next week. So there you go. Going to be a Rivals in Kenosha. So Kenosha, here we come. 
Going to be at Rivals coming up tonight. Rivals in Kenosha tonight, the Mecca next week. Looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. But we're going to be uh, huddling up tonight, 6 to 8. And it's all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Stay tuned. More. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This way of winning, I don't think it's sustainable because it's just puts too much pressure on our defense. And obviously, I got to play better and will play better. But the second half is, is our kind of football where we're mixing it up, we're throwing the ball outside the numbers. Obviously, we ran the ball, controlled line scrimmage really well. But we got to play better in all three phases. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Aaron Rodgers talking about uh, our discussion, our discussion regarding. Putting pressure on the defense, and uh, you can. Here's the thing, and and, and I, this is a great question from Patrick. He said, uh, "Can you really play nickel and dime defense consistently against a team that can run the ball well?" No, you 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 you. I mean, you can if you have good. First of all, if depends on if you're playing, you know, man press uh, hybrid. Um, you know, if you're playing zone, if you're bringing guys up in the box, yeah, you can. You can stop them. Plus, if you've got good tackling DBs. So to answer your question, yeah, it's not impossible. No, you 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 know, it's not like it's a forbidden thing. But usually, if a team can run the ball well, um, you don't get in a dime. I'll tell you that. Um, usually, you're taking a linebacker or a lineman off the field and putting an extra defensive back in. So that's that's your nickel, uh, and then you go. You know, uh, your nickel is five dBs, and you know, dime is six dBs. I, I hopefully most understand that, but I wasn't quite sure. I always got to remember that. But it, it's, I don't think it's not overwhelmingly concerning. Okay, I'm not sitting here saying that, but I understand what Aaron Rodgers is saying is that you know, hey, we can't continue to put pressure on our defense. We we got to make. Um, the game a two-score game so we can make our opponent one-dimensional and give our defense a break and also stop, you know, cutting themselves down when it comes to the ability to, you know, continue drives and stay on the field on third down. You know, they've had some turnovers. They've had, you know, obviously a pick six, put your defense in a precarious position, The uh, you know, not converting on certain downs, not being able to sustain drives, putting your defense on the field too often. So I, I get all of that. It, it's all encompassing, but I just uh, I I find it interesting that that was something he kind of specifically related to. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Scott says, "Listening to you in London, great to get here. We touched down early today. Looking forward to the game this weekend. Go Pack Go." Scott, you know, I saw, it's amazing how many people I saw on Facebook and Instagram that they're either at the airport today or they, they're already there. They decided to make this a, a week-long trip. Uh, I've got some friends that are over there already. They were sending out the uh, the uh, the guy that's in front of the stadium that was there today, uh, I guess a couple of hours ago is when it was posted, but he was running around with a big Go Pack Go sign, big flag, which was pretty cool. So it's it's neat that uh, so many people are heading in that direction. You know, Packers fans always do travel well. I mean, it's always kudos to the fans. Kudos to the fans. Because 
it, it's that's what makes the Packers so incredibly special. Uh, everybody's got fan bases and good fan bases. Kansas City's been faithful. Pittsburgh's been faithful. The Giants have been faithful. You can go through a lot of Cowboy fans, obviously. But um, that's what makes the Packers fans so special. Not only are they fans, they're, they're supporters, they're owners, and they really do have massive clubs and memberships all around the world for different places to go. And I know there's a couple of bars over uh, in London where – uh, they are already had, having like watch parties and such. They're already getting together and having big parties throughout the week and getting ready for the game and having a watch party there. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. Uh, Joel says, uh, I'm not a big fan of Joe Barry. I think the defense so far is milk toast. But do you think he's going to ratchet it up as the season goes on? I, that's a good question because I wonder, remember it was a couple of years ago. He started out relatively slow and then began to bring pressure. That Right now, this is the other thing to remember. You're not playing these offensive juggernauts. You haven't really had to bring anything special. You haven't had to show anything to this point. Um, the only game in which you probably could have was the Minnesota game, and you got punched in the face so fast, I think it was just like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, this thing's just getting out of hand. But I, I, you haven't had to really show anything. Maybe a little bit to Brady. But for the most part, they're not blitzing heavy. They're getting home with Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell. Somebody's getting free. Kenny Clark's had some things up the gut. Jerron Reed. You know, they've, they've been able to create pressure. Uh, but I'll say this. They're not winning in the trenches consistently. And I really thought that this would be a dominant defensive front. Now, I don't, you know, the question is with Jerron Reed being out there and bringing in new talent. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe it was just I was buying into the hype. But I really thought that with the new defensive look, uh, bringing in Devontae Wyatt, this rotation of big bodies up front, Dean Lowry coming off of a pretty solid season last year, I thought that everything was just going to be this dominant front pressure. Preston Smith and and uh, Rashawn Gary were going to be like Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith were. But Preston Smith, remember, remember this, had a good season last year, right? He does the ebb and flow. You look at his numbers one year, they're up. The next year, they're down. One year, they're up. The next year, they're down. That's been his career. So I hope they he climbs and everything continues to get better. And remember, this is this is just coming out of week four, which is kind of your, your regular preseason now for a lot of these starters. And so hopefully uh, as you know, other teams continue to progress, so will the Green Bay Packers. Um what else do we have here for you? This real quick. Um, well, let's do this. I, I want to get to the phone calls. Let's go to Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Hey, Bill. Um, five of the seven highest paid players are on defense. Seven number one picks are on defense. Yep. Campbell's look like he's turning into Martinez, tackling guys five to seven yards downfield. Um, and well, they should have a stat, Bill, for tackling within two yards of the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, whose fault is this? Whose fault? That every guy that you see now, they're the bottom 10 now in run defense. They're the bottom 10. So whose fault is this? Is it lack of talent or what? You're going to blame Goody or you're going to blame Barry or you're going to blame LaFleur or you're going to blame the players? Who, 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 what is going on? You have to stop the run. You know, it, it's right. so funny. Green Bay talks about, oh, when the weather gets cold, we could run the ball. And Well, hold it now. The other right. teams have running backs too, right? 
Mm-hmm. And we can't stop anybody. Yeah. Nobody. So whose fault is it? Whose fault? This is where you got to pinpoint it. Whose fault is this? Is it the players? Aren't they good enough? Were they mistakes? Were that? Whose fault is this? You, you I, know, uh, I mean, I that's I a great question, yeah. You know, we you know, you used to hear, oh, Martinez is a tackling machine. That's great. Five to seven yards down the line of scrimmage, he tackled mm-hmm. guys. We don't need that. We don't right. need that. So this is the biggest concern of all the fans. You have to stop the run. It can't be for one quarter. It's got to be. Now, I understand. The other team gets paid, too. I, we mm-hmm. understand that. Okay? But we right. can't have guys just pushing the pile down the field six yards on first down and doing that all the time. There has to be, there, there, there has to be a way of containing this stuff, especially with, with the investment of the five to seven high on defense and the seven number one picks. There has to be accountability somehow. Mm-hmm. There no, has I agree. to be. So, you know, we'll see what happens, Bill. And, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 it bothers me. I mean, it bothers me to no end that this team keeps putting investments in. Look, they didn't even. When's the last time they drafted a receiver high? They haven't, right? So it's been well, yeah, right. Yeah, so, they, hopefully know, Christian Watson pans out too. Now that they've actually, you know, kind of gone well, for a I, wide receiver and moved up, and he, he, he still will. wasn't a first round guy. Right, he wasn't, and they. But look at the draft capital that they traded to get him though. Right. You see what I'm saying? Now, another nope, thing we I have agree. to look at, Bill, Bill, one more thing, is the, the third-round picks. Look at the last five drafts of third-round picks. Horrible. The core is terrible. Rodgers is not, is not really useful. Okay? Then you had the Sternberger. With, <laughs> then you look at the last five years of third round. Then you have the other guy that they just drafted in the third round, offensive lineman. He can't get on the field. Right. Yeah, you uh, you go back to I mean, God, what was it? Uh, was it uh, there was Oren Burks? I think was a third rounder. Yeah, go back yeah. three four years. Well, you might, yeah, uh-huh. and, that's right. And you talked about Sternberger. Sternberger was a third rounder. DeGu- Josiah DeGuara, I'm kind of waiting on because his first uh, year was kind of lost because of injury. He's kind of the Swiss Army knife, but I don't know what they're going to – he was originally going to be a guy that was going to be like this multi-purpose, multi-use guy in so many different facets, like a fullback, and then he was going to be like yeah. a tight end, and then he was going to be like a wideout. Uh, so I'm waiting to see what he's going to end up being before it's all well, said. Well, you're going to wait right, a long Mark- time, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if he was if he was taller and skinnier, he'd be a terrific wideout. If he was smaller yeah, and stouter, he'd be a great fullback. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe a basketball player, Bill. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, nope. but he's not. He doesn't look like much to me. So, you know, yeah. and and like I said, Rogers. Look at these guys. So why don't they start trade? In other words, hmm, let's see. The last five years we haven't drafted well. Maybe we could get a really good receiver in a trade coming up for a third or a tight end in a third round pick. You know what I mean for a third right. round pick. You know, you know, come on, let's think out of the box a little bit. This is what I keep saying. The fans notice this stuff, but they don't care what the fans think anyway. So No. And, and you know what? Sometimes, and I've said this before, and Gerard, thanks for the phone call. I'm woefully late. But I've said this before, that sometimes things are so incredibly obvious. You wonder what the discussion is behind closed doors that go in a different direction. Uh, but then again, you know what? Hey, uh, there was a lot of people that didn't did not think Rashawn Gary was ever going to pan out and and be a terrific defensive end. 
that he just didn't have it. He was more of a, a, a run stuffer, and every now and then would put pressure on a quarterback at Michigan, and he wasn't you know, the next Reggie White of a sack guy. And he's just turned out to be a, a really, really solid defensive player. Uh, I will say this, though. You look at Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan and Zach Tom, both of those guys, you hope that Sean Ryan is a third-round draft choice pans out. You hope that you don't have to use him this season, but you hope that he does pan out, if you know what I mean. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Easy's Roadhouse, Joey's Place, right there on Blue Mountain Road next to Menards. Love it. Saw them all out there last night. I uh, went to the grocery store and did a few things around the house. I got everything done early. So I could just come home and sit and do kind of nothing for a while. Sat down on the bar last night, but uh, driving past, watching everybody playing bocce ball outside. Good stuff over there at uh, at Joey Albanese's Place. And they do that all the way when the snow's flying, man. I... Bocce ball in the wintertime, just for whatever reason, doesn't seem right to me, but uh, they do it. They have a, a great uh, atmosphere over there, really good cooking, family style, and uh, they've got Dominic Sports Bar as well. So anything going on over there is always great. And stop in and say hi to Joey and the whole staff. They're really, really good people. That is um, Albanese's Roadhouse on Blue Mountain Road. This is from Nate who says, uh, hey, Unit, uh, how often do teams in the NFL actually play base defense? It's not very often. No, it's not. It's, um, it is, I think if I read correctly, base defense, whether it's 4-3 or 3-4, um, is relatively minimal. I, I, most teams are playing a nickel and dime at least 25% of the time, at least. At least 25% of the time, they do. Um, there also are safeties that can play linebacker, though. Linebackers that, that can play yeah. safety where it's Correct. kind of all muddy. Right. So it is it's it is a little off, so to speak. Um, but it's, you know, there, there's a couple of different websites out there that I've seen that kind of keep that statistic. Um, God, what's the name of it? I, I want to say it's football. I can't remember what it is. It's no, it's not next gen. Next gen stats probably would too. But um, there's another website you can just kind of Google it. I um, football outsiders. Football outsiders. Thank you very much. Football outsiders. Um, Rory says football outsiders. You are correct. And they keep that statistic. They keep all of that. You go back to, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, base defense. Nickel was played far more. Base was only like twenty four, twenty five percent. I I think. Um, and they play nickel. Um, closer to 50, 55% of the time, most defenses do dime, uh, anywhere from 13 to 15% of the time. So it's, 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 uh, it's not played as much anymore because it is a pass happy league. But like you said, Ben, you've got some safeties who are playing linebacker and corners who can play safety and in corners who can also play or safeties who can also play like via corner. They can also cover. And that's why I was talking about before. So if you've got safeties, look at a guy like Darnell Savage Jr. and Adrian Amos. Now, hopefully 
Uh, we find out more about Amos today. But uh, you look at some of these guys, and they, they can hit. They don't mind sticking their head in there and stopping the run. So when you have guys like that, there's not a necessity to have extra linebackers on the field because these guys can actually come up and cover, and they're just as fast, if not faster, by whatever you know second you want to millisecond you want to call it. But so it isn't uh, a necessity to always have all of your base defense in. I understand that, but against running teams that do predominantly run. It is something that is preferred because you want to stop the run first. But like we were talking about, if you have guys that uh, you know can fill the gap and fill the bill, so to speak, then you're you're not that. That's the reason. Boy, I tell you what, though, you go back. I go back years when I was living in in growing up in Cincinnati. There was a guy. He played safety. His name was David Fulcher. That guy was massive and he could hit. He was a safety. In today's day and age, he'd probably be an outside linebacker. Maybe even a middle linebacker. But that guy could hit. He was on the team that ended up going to the Super Bowl. And I'll never forget. I mean, you know, I I had a chat with him years after he had, you know, kind of left the game. And we were talking about the position. And I don't know if it was on a show before I moved to Wisconsin or when it was at Super Bowl that I had had seen him. Uh, It was at Super Bowl, as a matter of fact. He was with Anthony Munoz. And um, we were talking about that. He said, oh, I'd I'd never be a a corner or a safety in this league today. I would probably be more of an outside backer or a linebacker just because he was so big. But he could could move. He could fly. But love to hit. If you've got that kind of cat on your team, that is a huge, huge benefit. Huge benefit. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, don't forget, coming up today, we got Mark Schofield going to be joining us. We'll talk with him about some of the uh, some of the numbers, so to speak. We'll also got, we also got uh, we also in about forty five minutes from now, Lance Leipold. He is uh, ranked right now undefeated with the Kansas uh, Jayhawks. You remember that name from when he was with UW Whitewater, then went off to Buffalo. Now has turned the Kansas program around. Big game coming up this weekend against TCU. We'll talk with him. Coming up in a little bit, about 45 minutes from now, we got a lot coming up. We're going to hear from Jim Leonard today. So uh, stay right where you're at uh, because I know that we're uh, up against it. we got to take a quick break, but we're going to come back. we got a lot more to get to. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the New York Giants at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee Show on why the Pack is finally playing a game in London. Nobody wants to give up a home game against the Green Bay Packers because you know our fans travel well. We're going to show up. This just happened to be with the beautiful 17th game. We were slated to have nine home games this year and eight road games, so we decided to take one of those home games, put it uh, in Tottenham, and uh, that's the way it went. The kickoff is at 2.30 Sunday afternoon London time. That's 8.30 in the morning Central time. Broadcast on the NFL Network. The Packers will fly to London tomorrow night, hold a press conference and practice early Friday morning starting at 6 a.m. Wisconsin time to adjust to the time zone. Matt LaFleur says a lot of research and planning has gone into the travel schedule. It's such an adjustment and I think a lot of it is who handles this trip the best is going to be able to play to the best of their ability. So listen, I've been on both sides of it. We've gone over there with the Rams and one, we, we went over there with the Titans. And we lost a close game right at the end. 
there, there are a lot of adjustments you got to make. The Giants and the Packers both 3-1 and one on the season, and first-time head coach Brian Dable on what's the plan in New York. Well, we've made, it. We've made adjustments uh, this week in terms of whether it's reps, no pads. Uh, we'll have a meeting to go through things regarding that trip. You know, it's my first time going across seas to participate in a football game. We look forward to it. Not much longer travel time than it is to go to the West Coast. So we'll just try to do our job during the week to get ready. And then they'll have their day off, and it'll be a fairly normal week other than we travel on Thursday. That's Giants head coach Brian Dable in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. You know, my buddy Dwayne, Dwayne's covered all up in uh, Wausau, and uh, it is, this time of year especially, uh, a lot of people said, you know, well, you know, maybe I, it's time to get uh, the upholstery repaired, a new boat cover, tonneau cover, whatever it happens to be, he can do it, uh, whether it's cars, trucks, boats, uh, interior, exterior, upholstery on office furniture, he can do it all. He can do it all, but this is the time of year when you're not going to be using your boat anyway, so send it up there. Say, hey, I've been thinking about getting this terrific travel cover put on it. Custom made. Get some of that really good material that uh, repels the sun, keeps it nice, keeps it dry. Good stuff from my friend, uh, our buddy Dwayne at Dwayne's Cover It All. D-U-A-N-E-S. Dwayne's Cover It All in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin's best canvas upholstery and boat cover provider. 715-870-2119. 715-870-2119. Follow him on Facebook as well to see all the great stuff. That he does. There you go. It's our buddy at Dwayne's. Dwayne's cover it all. Um, I got to give Pac fan credit too. Got to give Pac fan credit too. Um, saying that, uh, saying that uh, the uh, the website that we were talking about before. I was kind of going through some of the chat stuff over on the Bud Light live stream. Uh, Football Outsiders, great website with a ton of statistics. It is. It is. No doubt about it. Um, coming up, like we said, uh, bottom of the next hour, Lance Leipold going to be joining us. Mark Schofield going to be here as well today. We're going to talk with him, some NFL, a lot getting into this game. Um, is this a game of concern at all? I think in the next hour we can touch upon. Because you've got, we talked about stopping the run. And the defense, excuse me, the defense, not great at stopping the run. With uh, Barkley doing what he's doing and having... Looking more like I watched him, uh, what was it, a couple of weeks ago against the Cowboys. And when he had that long run into the end zone, and I, I don't know, I think it was like 45, 55 yards. Um, man, that guy's got some, that guy's got some hops. He's got some speed. Um, I, their defense is not great. Packers can, can move the football against these guys. The big, and going back to what Aaron Rodgers had stated on Sunday after the game, the biggest thing I think in this game is, can the Packers get up by two scores and may, takes Barkley out of the game? And I, I would love to hear Joe Barry speak. Hey, Joe, what do you think about this week's game? What, do, what are you looking at? And you know he's going to go, you know, Barkley, boy, we got to stop the run. And then you go, Joe, do you care about stopping the run? Yes, you care about stopping the run. It's a crazy comment. But does it matter if your team is not successful with it consistently? that you're leaving the seam across the middle wide open. You're you're more worried about big plays downfield than you are about keeping everything up in front of you. Now, scoring defense-wise, they're pretty good. 
They're not bad. I'm not complaining. But you just would love to see um, more aggressiveness. The defense has not played poorly. That first game against the, uh, uh, the Minnesota Vikings was not great. We can all admit to that. But since then, they've been pretty good. Then again, you can also say, well, the competition hasn't been nearly as good. Right? Sure. So, eh. I don't know if I necessarily buy into the fact that they don't care about stopping the run. Because I think they do. But uh, it has not been at least the focus, we'll say. I think what the the fear has been is not allowing something to get over the top on you. So... This week is going to be a challenge for that defense. For the offense, for the Packers' offense, they should be able to run the football. I think. I think they should be able to run the football. Um, by the way, I was uh, going through the statistics here during the, uh, the the premium stats through Pro Football Focus. When you look at the Packers, first of all, uh, overall, defensively speaking, their defense right now, uh, it's not terrible, but their defense ranks 22nd overall via Pro Football Focus. Their run defense via pro football focus, is uh, uh, 30th, third to last. Their run defense, third to last. Their tackling is 18th in the league. Uh, their pass rush, while uh, it's it's certainly a lot better, uh, it's ranked ninth, top 10, but still overall the ability to stop the run has not been fantastic. But coverage-wise, believe it or not, now, this is going to shock some of you. Pass coverage for the Green Bay Packers, they're ranked number seventh overall in the National Football League. So where they where they struggle is the strength of the New York Giants. Where they struggle is the strength of the New York Giants. The Packers running the football as an offense, ranked number fourth in the National Football League. The Giants rank 21st. So it's not a juggernaut, but they do have a weapon in Barkley. Should be an interesting game. I think the Packers win. Um, When we start to do our picks, we're going to do our picks tonight. We'll get into it tomorrow as well. But um, I think the Packers win the game. I don't know about going away. I could could see a a Packers score of, say, you know, 27-17, something like that. We're going to make them all officially tonight. But that that's kind of what I'm thinking, 27-17, 27-13, somewhere in that area. Um, and I think that's fair. And that's kudos to the Packers defensively speaking. I mean, since the Packers gave up that initial 23 points, which is, by the way, the Packers got beaten week one 23-7. 23 was not in just an all-out spanking. It wasn't like they got beat 42 to nothing. You know what I mean? The next week against the Bears, they gave up 10. The next week after that, remember, they only gave up 12 to Tom Brady. And then this past week, defensively, they only gave up 17. Because one of the, the, the touchdowns was a pick six. So defensively, they only gave up 17. So you, you, you it wasn't as horrible in week one as it looked. And scoring defense-wise, it's not terrible. What you need now, which I, I think is going to happen, is the progress of the offense and the passing game. I also want to get into the OBJ stuff. Because, man, that's starting to pick up steam. Apparently, according to CBS, if you saw me tweet it out earlier, 
the rumor is that the Green Bay Packers are now in, at least being mentioned in the running, if OBJ is ready to come back. One hour down, a lot more to go. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Quick Trip. Don't forget about the opening drive at Quick Trip, the sweepstakes. Get in there and get you some. Get some gas. Use your Quick Rewards card. Automatically entered for the Packers opening drive contest. Quick Trip, proud supporter of Packers football. More of the Bill Michaels Show to come right after this. The Bill Michaels Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.